Ready? Yep. Let's go. Healthy, healthy rainbow. Beautiful fish. <laughs> you dropped him, dude. Stud. <laughs> On the squall, baby. On the squall. I got it. Too. Right there? I got it, I got it too. Oh. He barely fits in the net. But first, a word for our partners. Heather's Choice, healthy, flavorful, dehydrated meals for the backcountry. Use our discount code, theyoungguides15, to save at checkout. Lucky Bug Lures, get hooked and use our discount code, theyoungguides15, to save at checkout. Northern Knits, handmade knitted wool hats out of Alaska. National Wild Turkey Federation, South Sound Strutters, your conservation organization for Washington State turkey populations and habitats. Alaska Rodco, Alaskan handmade rods. Shell Art Studio, original Alaskan focused art. Slay Jays, it ain't all about the catching. Welcome back to another episode of the Young Guides Podcast. I'm Keaton. And I'm Kyle. And today we have on a very special guest. Uh, we have Jay Sung. Jay is, uh, uh, I I met Jay actually uh, one day when I was working at Orvis. Uh, he came rolling in and he uh, was bright eyed and he was looking for some flies to, to pick out and go fishing. And uh, I just remembered uh, meeting him and we kind of built a good connection. And I, uh, I gave him tips and he was telling me about what he was doing and uh, from that on, from then, uh, from then on, I could see that he was a very ambitious about, uh, picking up fly fishing. Um, and so through this connection, I I've built a friendship with Jay and, uh, we're just very excited to have him on. Um, Jay is, is just an outstanding dude. So we're going to go over some stuff about his life, some stuff about uh, some fishing. And uh, yeah, uh, with that being said, welcome to the podcast, Jay. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me here. Yeah, so why don't we hop into it, Jay? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us your background. Um. Yeah. So I'm a relatively new fly fisher. Um, I started probably like, I think it's three years now. <laughs> so I, 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 I'm living in this Pacific Northwest Washington state and I knew, I mean, fishing is one of those most popular activities here. And I felt like I was missing out. And around that time, I guess I'll go into more details later, but I had some uh, family issues and I was feeling a little bit of an emptiness and I just needed to fill that gap. And uh, the first thing that came to my mind was fly fishing. It's something that I always wanted to do. I grew up watching movies like uh, The River Runs Through It. I guess so many people love that movie. Um, so I dreamed about fly fishing all the time. But uh, it's funny that living here in Washington, I never actually uh, decided to go out and take a step and learn about it. Uh, so... It was just one, that one random day. It was, uh, I think it was September of 2020. It just came to my mind, hey, I should just do it. <laughs> so I went to a fly shop, just asked 
what kind of rod I should get. You know, usually it's that five weight all uh, all purpose fly rod. Uh, and then I just just went out there and started it. But of course, the first few times, I guess most of the people would agree with this. They're usually not going to be successful. So I ended up uh, stepping into this store that Keaton used to work in. And <laughs> he phrased it in a very nice way. But I was probably one of those annoying customers <laughs> who would ask a bunch of questions and just um, throw you <laughs> into this really hard position to answer all these um, questions that are that really don't have true answers uh, but that's how I got to know Keaton um, he's been such an amazing mentor he taught me everything from tying knots to you know uh, how to present the fly or even how to handle fish how to respect the river so um, well age-wise Keaton's always kind, kind of in my mind I sometimes I, I'm surprised because I keep reminding myself, well, Keaton's uh, relatively young in this uh, professional field, but I have deep respect and he's such a great guy and he's knowledgeable, uh, but most importantly, he has such a great passion and, and um, yeah, I, I love his show too, Kyle and Keaton's show. This is amazing. Uh, so that's just a little bit of my fishing background. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we appreciate that. So, uh, can you go back and kind of elaborate? Uh, what what has been your life for these past two years? Like, what what are the ins and outs? Kind of the 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 things that you face, uh, and the things that you found healing in the outdoors as well. Yeah, so I guess the biggest thing I can talk about was the loss of my son. It goes back to. 2019 when uh, I was going through a divorce and right at the last moment of uh, finalizing the divorce uh, my ex-wife and I signed this agreement uh, and the in, within the agreement she was allowed to take my son to Korea for a three-week trip and of course I allowed her to go to Korea with him and never knew that that was going to be the last of everything and uh, I never saw Brian again um, for a while. Uh, I've been completely disconnected from his life, just completely cut off. And there were the moment that, so I'll call this abduction. That's the legal term for this. So one, once he was abducted and he, he was withheld illegally uh, in Korea and my life just went into this spiral of um, unending legal process and emotional turmoil and all that. Um, at some point, I w there were there were even arguments that Brian is afraid of me, which is ridiculous. But the reason why I'm telling you this is just the amount of shock and. Um, distress that I had to go through was just immense. It's really hard to describe in words. And to me, when everything in life just didn't go well, the only place I can resort to was just nature. You know, uh, just not thinking about all these things that aren't going in the direction that you want. I could just be in the river and oftentimes I would just go alone. 
Um, I love fishing with other people, but sometimes just, just that solitude just gives you an incredible amount of peace. So I would just listen to the, the sound of the river, just blankly, just cast the fly into the water, just enjoy the sound of the birds, uh, enjoy the scene, scenery of the clouds just going past the mountains. So that's how I just kept spending time because for me it was it was very important to fill in those moments with something positive because just for example, uh, when I filed a, a petition to return Ryan, uh, it took like several months for it to be registered as a as an ongoing case, and then court hearing would be set up for another month, and they would say, "Oh, we'll." continue in another month so it just kept going on and on and in between those significant events of attending the court or filing something I just had to wait and it was so painful and there needed to be something that keeps my mind out of this complete chaos and fly fishing was just the right choice it it gave me um a lot of peace in my mind. Yeah, we appreciate you sharing that, Jay. And it's uh, we're glad that fly fishing could be that outlet for you. Yeah, yeah, and then just to add a little more, I still don't have my son back, but the good thing is, usually. The biggest pain in life, oftentimes the time is the cure for everything. So I wouldn't say um, I never gave up. I will never give up. And I'm not done with this. I'm not out of the situation. But mentally, I've become much stronger. And my wounds have healed. And um, I think I'm... I'm handling it pretty well, I think, overall. It's been four years. Um, I'm still doing everything I can. And in my free time, I still go out and throw the flies. Yeah, that's good. Absolutely. When, uh, during that moment that uh, you let Brian go to Korea, did you have any like weird feelings about it when he was leaving or did you expect to to see the return of brian or or so was it like shocking to, to have all this abduction happen oh yeah i mean i had just a little a bit of uncertainty or i would i would call it some concern in in the back of my mind because it wasn't something completely uh new to me i knew sometimes kids can go across the border and they wouldn't come back <laughs> not knowing that brian would be one of those cases so it was my concern but in the legal document that we signed it was clearly stated that if the child is not returned at the time that uh, that is promised then this will cause a lot of civil and even criminal problems and 
another reason why I thought, well, at least there's a safety net is because Korea and America have a legal, um, uh, uh, some sort of treaty, we call it Hague Convention. So what it is, is if the child is wrongfully removed from one country to another, the other country that, that the child is staying should return the child back to where the child belongs within a reasonable time frame. And it's usually considered to be about six, six weeks. So, I mean, it's common sense. If the child is taken away and it's illegal, you should bring it back. But to, to this day, Korea was successful making the decisions, but the decisions, making the decisions took too, too long. It took two years for them to at least draw a conclusion that he has to return promptly. <laughs> Quote, unquote, promptly is important here because how can you promptly return the child if you spend two years just reviewing all the documents, reviewing all the facts, considering all different possibilities to draw the conclusion? It, it just didn't make sense. But even after that, they don't have an enforcement mechanism. Uh, on the surface level, they, they do. But they what, they what really happened was the court appointed um, enforcement officer. That's the their title. They, they are called enforcement officer, but they don't have any power to enforce. They come up to where the child is residing and they be basically have to beg the taking parent, the parent that's withholding the child, do you want to return the child? And if they don't, they have to ask the child, hey, do you, and this is the most mind-blowing part. Within Korean legal system, it's become kind of like a, an unwritten rule to ask the child, hey, do you want to live with mom or dad? So Brian was six years old at the time, and he hasn't seen me for almost three years at, at that time point. And they're asking this cruel question to the child, hey, you have to choose one parent. Who are you going to live with? If you leave, then you're, you're never going to see your mom is basically what the question uh, it, it, um, implies. implies. So they're putting this burden on the child. And of course, we already know the answer. What kind of child will say, I spent three years with my mom, so let me go to dad and test out what that's like. No, yeah. that's not going to happen. So this enforcement mechanism is designed to fail. And of course it did. And I'm still trying to figure out a way to still make the enforcement happen because Korean court still acknowledges that this child has to return. They just don't care about what happens after the judgment is made. Uh, the, the judges actually, what I learned is the judges don't even know what happens after they make the, they, they make the judgment once they write that paper and sign it they don't know they don't really care about what happens um so this has become an international issue a diplomatic issue between united states and korea so some u.s government officials are discussing about this issue with korean officials uh, there are some um some progress i would say but there's still no definitive definitive answer as to 
how is this child going to be returned and when is that going to happen and, and this isn't just uh, like a single like this isn't just a single occurrence right I, from what i understand if you you have met other people that are kind of in the same situation yeah there there are known to be a few different cases but i am in close personal connection with at least one other american father he lost two children to korea and it's mind blowing because Korea, I come from Korea, and I, of course, I love this country. Uh, U.S. is in good relationship with Korea. They're our most reliable, strongest ally military, when it comes to military. But how can this country not respect what they signed for? And how can they let this child or children suffer from this child abduction situation? Each moment, these children are exposed to this irreversible harm. They're going to be confused. The more time they spend detached from this other parent, even if they are returned, there's going to be a, a lot of investment needed to heal them and undo all the damages that they have gone through. Uh, maybe some of the damages would not be recoverable. I don't know. Yeah. I hope that wouldn't be true, but... The point here is we can't let time pass by like this. So this is an urgent matter, and that's why uh, the treaty says within a reasonable time frame, they have to promptly return to the original country. Yeah. So being uh, with all this happening, I mean, it's got to, like, you know, cost a lot to, to be fighting for it for uh you know costing for lawyer fees and everything so um and i kind of know a little bit into jay um and i know that you work a lot how do you balance the the work the life the brian the outdoors you know how do you how does that all come together is that is it just a day-to-day kind of thing do you try to plan out for what you're going for um, yeah you know what yeah thank you for asking it's it's a very difficult thing i work sometimes almost seven days a week, not because I'm <laughs> greedy or <laughs> I want to be the richest person in the world. Um, like you said, there are a lot of expenses involved here. And uh, it's hard because it's a balance between not forgetting what Brian's going through and doing my best as a parent and knowing that my life is also important, not just for me, but for Brian as well. I have to be at a healthy state to be able to support him. And if he returns, I have to be able to provide him uh, a safe environment. Hmm. So, but this is the part that a lot of people would not really see the reality. Because um, sometimes I won't be, uh, I mean, naturally even anybody in my position you have to sometimes focus on your professional life you have to focus on your own life to be able to gain more energy to fight for brian um, luckily some parents are finan financially capable to just travel to korea and stay there and i admire 
those people. Um, the friend that I just talked about, he he was just full time in Korea, just doing a one person protest, and that was just heroic. He threw away everything behind him. He just out left everything. He's from San Francisco. He just left his home and just uh, hopped from one Airbnb place to another Airbnb place because he didn't want to look like he settled in Korea because uh, the other party can argue, hey, you settled here in Korea, so now let's get rid of all those court orders and let's start over again so Korean court can treat this child as a Korean child. He doesn't have to return now because now you live in Korea. Let's figure out, uh, let's do a fresh new discussion and uh, go through another set of arguments. So he couldn't even find a stable place. And of course, he didn't have a job. He couldn't get a job because his visa status was just a visitor. And he would just protest day after day, just telling people, hey, can you please help me see my children? I have court orders. I have multiple of them. Even the Supreme Court in Korea ordered that my child return back to me. But you just can't see his children. So there are those parents. Um, I try to... I try to steadily work on this issue so that we can keep getting progress doing everything on my free time uh, i would either be on websites just posting about brian asking people for help uh, recently i uh, we created a petition in korean national assembly to change the law and i'm uh, in this online space i'm just going around to everybody begging and just because I didn't want to look like I'm just a, you know, spam from a robot, I try to be very truthful. Each person, I, I wrote and write an individual message. Hey, I'm, I'm this dad that you must have seen in this article or this TV show. Can you please help me? Because this is why it's needed. Yeah, so I'm spending a lot of time and energy on that. But I'm also uh, trying to be smart enough to balance reality and my wish. My wish is, of course, spending 100% of my time on this. But um, I have to see the reality of having to make a living, make both ends meet, and take care of other, other obligations in my life, too. So, you know, you reach out to people. What's the best way that somebody like me or Keaton or a listener can, can do to help you in this situation? Oh, yeah. I would really appreciate that kind of help. I have a Facebook page named Bring Back Brian. So uh, I designed it to have a rhyme. Bring Back Brian. Um, I sometimes post a certain progress that I make. Um, there's also an Instagram page, I think, my Instagram is also Bring Back Brian, and the YouTube is Bring Brian Back. <laughs> uh, I created that channel a long time ago when I didn't know <laughs> what the order should be. <laughs> um, so just by showing some support on those online media sources, I think 
that's a great help. And emotionally, it it gives me a lot of strength too, because knowing that I'm not alone in this uh, is it it, it 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 means a lot. So um, that will already be really really helpful. If there's any Korean national or anybody who lives in Korea. You can participate in this petition that we made, and it's already on those social media platforms. So you will be easily you'll easily be able to find it. But if you can sign and show that you support this petition, that'll be super super helpful as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'd be happy to try to get all that information out for people listening to be able to go and support you in that way. Absolutely. Yeah, but if I'd like to add one more thing, even if it's not like a, an actual thing that you do, not, not a tangible thing, just remembering that there is this lost American child, the American child that was stolen, and there are multiple of them. It's not just my son, Brian. There are many Brians out there that are abducted to Korea. And... Like I said, I love Korea, but I'm really hoping that this country that I love will will fulfill their obligation to the that they owe to the international world and to America too. When children are abducted to the United States, they are promptly and reliably returned to Korea. Korea, the country that signed this treaty with America, should do the same. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, just like going through all this, kind of let's slide into how did the outdoors and how did that fishing kind of level you out through all of this? Because I, when I first met you, I didn't know about uh, I didn't know about Brian, but I knew that you worked a lot and that you fished in all your free time, like. I mean, you'd come in at your lunchtime to get fishing gear so that you could go fishing after work and you drive like two hours to go fish and then drive back and go back to work. And I was like, who is this man? And we were always trying to figure out like why you did what you did. But once you kind of lay out, you know, how your life and uh, the things rolling through it, it's very understandable on why you do that. So how, how did you, how did you find fishing? I mean, you kind of elaborated on that, but uh, how did this help heal you through this process? Yeah. Um, around that time that I met Keaton, uh, I was, of course, starting to do the fly fishing. And it was the time that I had nothing else in my life. My life was just work and then Brian. And then my free time was just fly fishing. Um, it was, in a funny way, it was also a liberating time because I had, I could just only focus on three different, those three different things. I had no family here. Uh, involuntarily, I was alone, uh, single, no family, no children. Uh, it wasn't my choice, but I just happened to be in that position. And, um, I lived in an apartment, no mortgage, (laughs) nothing to pay. So yeah, I just invested my whole time just fishing. It was just my life 
and it's still an important part of my life. But back then, just based on the amount of time that I spent, it was just the majority of the time that I'm not um, sleeping or working, <laughs> I will be out there. And it really helped me clear my mind. Um, and then I started just video recording some of my um, activities just because I wanted to replay the most joyful moment in my life. <laughs> uh, for example, I caught this salmon, on, a chum, big chum salmon on, on Green River. And I was so proud of it. And the moment was just magical, that thrill and the joy. And I had it on camera, so I was able to replay it and just really cherish that moment. So I kept recording all my outings. And then eventually, I wanted to compile it and edit it more. So I <laughs> created this uh, shabby YouTube channel. <laughs> it's a very humble channel, but I'm very, and try to be truthful to it and try to do my best to at least uh, upload some contents regularly. But it's called um, Fishing PNW, Pacific Northwest. Um, and one of the videos was actually about Brian because uh, that was the purpose I started fishing. And that's one of the uh, things that I always had in mind while I was fishing too. So I used that theme to compile all these videos together and make a story. And surprisingly, that won a, an award in this film competition held by uh, Fly Fishers International. And I was really honored to have that, get that award. Um, but yeah, I, I felt like, well, Brian, you're not here physically, but dad did something for you. Um, the story of you was out there. A lot of people enjoyed it. And it was recognized in, an, in a competition, too. So that really gave me a, a sense of fulfillment to some extent. Um, and then these days, because I'm, I'm, I, I've gotten a little bit busier and there are a lot of other things. Some, some, most of them are actually related to Brian. A lot of things are going on real time at this moment. So I'm not able to go out as much as I used to. And right now uh, I have a partner and that's another thing that I'm trying to uh, focus on. And I don't want to be somebody who's held back because of my past. Uh, and there's a different dif difference between forgetting about something or letting go that will never happen. But I don't want to be held back and not move forward because that's not healthy either. So I'm trying to take baby steps to get back into normal life. Um, and I think I, I've been doing okay. Um, but for that reason, I'm not 100% really dedicated to fishing at this moment, although that's where my heart is. <laughs> yeah. So... Yeah, my, my life has evolved a lot, and I'm at a, um, so 
funny thing is I'm very careful saying I'm at a happy state because in the past I had another podcast and I said, I'm, tr- I'm doing my best to be happy and I have to be happy for, not for just me and for, but for also Brian. And that was used in the court. <laughs> mm. Brian's mother said, uh, this guy clearly states that he's happy and he doesn't need Brian. So um, who knows? Maybe she'll listen to this too. Um, but I'm not, I can proudly say that I'm, I'm happy. Not because I don't need Brian, of course. I'm, I'm a happy person. And that's why Brian will be happy when he comes back too. Yeah. That's good. Cause you know, when, if you're in a rough spot and you can't comprehend necessarily all the things happening and then that moment comes and you aren't happy and Brian gets to come back, there's some challenges that you're going to have to kind of balance there, right? Exactly. And, that's not that's not the best for Brian. Yeah. And like you said earlier, too, I, I think you brought a good point is you're setting yourself up for when brian does come back because if you just sat there and you you know you can you complained and you said i'm not going to do anything and i'm going to live in this apartment and this is how my life's going to go and then you know what would that do for him if that moment came to you and then you know you're you're in this you're down in this draw and and brian's on his way back so it's good that you're setting yourself up and that you're finding your own happiness because that that'll also help the people not only Brian, but the people, you know, you and the people around you. So absolutely. Yeah. So what does it look going forward now? I mean, I know you said things are happening in real time. Um, what does, you know, the next year, two years down the road look like? You know what? It's really hard to see what's going to come in the next six months because three months ago, I would have never imagined myself being where I am just to share a little bit about what happened during that time. I've been on multiple news articles. Um, so these media started paying attention to this issue. I was on a major Korean TV show that probably over a million people watched. On YouTube alone, there are, at this moment, there are uh, over a hundred thousand people uh that hit the the youtube video and there are probably like 500 comments 2000 likes so i'm no longer an anonymous guy that nobody will care at least there are lots of supporters and this has become well known to the korean public in general and I didn't know this was going to happen three months ago. We were, my friend and I were just talking to each other. How can we at least have one person write an article? Because we, we were just some people that got screwed by this country's noncompliance. And just, we were just forgotten. We, we felt like nobody will even look at us. But we made a big progress in the last three months. So what is going to look like the next three months? It's really hard to imagine. But what I know is U.S. government is having regular 
conversations with Korean government. And this is not just like just one single government worker talking to Korea. This is a really high level talks. Uh, it's not fully disclosed because, of course, this is a very diplomatically sensitive issue. So U.S. is trying to be careful and respectful. They don't want to shame Korea. They don't want to come off too strong and look like they're demanding something. Uh, it's After all, this is not about, it's not a power struggle. It's not about which country has more power, which country makes their decision. It's about the children. So U.S. government is really trying to focus on that. After all, we just want children, children to be protected. Uh, of course, Brian and some other children that are stranded there currently, but also for future children. How are you going to set up the system? So I think I have trust in our government. Um, sometimes I disagree with them and I try to express what I think we should be doing differently. But after all, uh, U.S. is a very unique country that has shown leadership in this issue. And this country should continue to show leadership and help other countries to go in the right direction. And because Korea is uh, our greatest friend, I think they are putting a lot of effort in that area too. Yeah. So probably it's hard to tell. If things go, theoretically, if things go in the right direction, Brian should be back even next month or maybe even next week. He could be on the plane coming back. There's all legal justifications already decided and settled down. So who knows? It can happen soon or maybe because of the realistic hurdles, maybe it'll take more time. Yeah. Well, we can only hope that it can happen as as soon as possible, and that you know it'll be a, it'll be ready to receive them. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, yeah, we're definitely praying for you, and you know we hope we're always hoping everything goes right for you, and uh, yeah. Um. So, um, I wanted to get in. I'm kind of gonna change you know do a landslide here and kind of get into a different change of topic i think we've covered a lot uh, uh of that aspect of your life i wanted to get into some fishing questions and and just kind of talk about you as a new angler um and and the challenge you know the challenges you face just in fly fishing and and uh and why you love doing it so much so um what were some of the challenges that you faced being a new angler uh, when you first started out fly fishing? You know what? To be honest, just catching a fish was really difficult. And it was to a point where I started doubting. I mean, this is not a real worm. <laughs> and yeah. my whole life, I lived thinking in order to catch fish, it's a common sense that you have to have worms. Um, and then this weird looking, you know, some weird, weirdly shaped objects that we call flies, but they, let's be honest, it's, it looks nothing like a fly. 
And I was doubting myself. I don't think this is going to work. And then it was that moment where I decided to just wait out farther and uh, try to uh, throw a nymph along this, just right beside a big rock. So there was probably a small little hole. And I caught something like a maximum 10 inch, 10 incher, probably. Yeah. So it was a decent fish for a beginner, but yeah. it wasn't definitely not an, uh, a, you know, it's not something that you can brag about. But that, that really blew my mind. Yeah. I was like, wow. So it really does work. <laughs> people weren't, people weren't just joking. So, yeah. Did you feel like you got hooked at that point? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Like, yeah, it's so funny that it's, it wasn't the fish that got hooked. <laughs> I got hooked. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, yeah it, and I just kept going out. Um, I love fishing from childhood, but fly fishing was just really unique because I don't know. It's... I'm trying to explain it in words, but it's hard to describe, to be honest. I think it's a combination of many different things. But most importantly, I think it's because it's a challenge. It's, it puts you in a spot where you have to think. You, you can't just sit and uh, rely on the scent of the power bait or the worm. You have to think, what are the leaders? I'm, first of all, am I nymphing? Am, am I streamer fishing? Or am I throwing dry flies then you have to decide what are the lines that, that i'm going to use what weight of rod am i going to have to use what tippet is it going to is going to be attached at the end what size of fly how am i going to present this where am i going to cast it all these different factors play a role so it's more of a mental game i think and that's what really occupies my mind. And it's quite addicting, to be honest. And I think that's something very unique about fly fishing. And once I got into it, it's mm -hmm. really hard to go back to traditional fishing. And don't get me wrong, because I think there's this inherent misunderstanding that people who love fly fishing will look down on other, like other gears. No, not at all. Um, I, I, I would still love to go out and throw baits in mm -hmm. the right circumstances. Mm -hmm. But just because fly fishing is so enjoyable, I just choose to do this. And it's really hard to go back because uh, when I'm fishing with dip different types of gears, I feel like I'm missing out the... the <laughs> the most important element that makes it so enjoyable. I think that's how I feel. Yeah, it seems like, you know, I I've, I grew up fly fishing my whole life, but it wasn't until I really understood like what you're talking about. You know, it, it takes a lot of thought. You're, you're having to constantly problem solve and, and you know i use that to this day you know to take my mind off of things to engage in different ways if i'm stressed about something if i've got something i'm worried about i can kind of divert that to the side and i can focus okay i have fly fishing i have fly tying i have 
guiding, I have, you know, creating content and it all kind of revolves around fly fishing and just how that can occupy that time. And you know, like I said, take your mind off of things, like you let you focus on something a little bit different. Yeah. It's that focus. Yeah. Yeah. It's that bit, it's like a busy necessarily like a, it just keeps your mind busy and your, your body moving. And there's just, uh, there's nothing that compares because I can relate with you. Like I grew up bait fishing, you know, most till I was 18, 19. And then, uh, we've all heard the story, but, uh, I pretty much got into to fly fishing later on and like, it's just a whole different aspect. And it, it's weird because you're like, uh, you, you get into these moments and you just don't want to, it's, it's a, it's literally addictive. you just like, don't want to stop doing it. You know, it's such a, a thrill and such a different experience. And, uh, it's always really cool to hear how people get into it and how, uh, how it's, it helps them or, or heals them or, or gets them outdoors. So. Yeah. Yeah. And the fish just feels more special, you know, because you put in so much work into it. It's your fish. It's not, you know, the baits, baits work. (laughs) It's all the work that you put in yourself. Yeah. For sure. And especially, you know, <clears throat> if you're tying your fly, you make even if you're I mean, you're buying flies, you're still putting in all that work. But if you're one of those people that, you know, ties flies and you get to catch a fish on your fly and you get to trick that fish to eat your fly, or if you're, <laughs> you know, a, a rod builder like Matt or like Wes and you go out and you catch a fish on that rod and just being involved in that whole process, it's just super rewarding to have that at the end goal being, you know, catching that fish and sometimes not even catching that fish just having a good experience um while you're out there using something that you might have made yourself yeah yeah i totally agree yeah something that i haven't tried yet is fly tying i'm just afraid i think i told keaton before but if i if i already like fly fishing so much and i start tying flies <laughs> i'll have no social life <laughs> i will i'll just i'll lose my job and i'll be tying flies and go going out fishing uh, yeah. but that's that's something i definitely want to learn someday uh, i think it'll expand my scope of understanding fly fishing a lot i'm still a beginner you know uh, but that's a particular area that i have like zero knowledge and something that really feels fresh and new and foreign to me yeah and it's important, you know, to, to, to have those things that, you know, even I've been fly fishing for over 20 years now, and it's like, I'm still learning new things. And although you're still learning new things, there gets to a point where maybe you want to try something, an avenue of fishing that you want to try. that's a little bit different just to keep things interesting. Like, like I, like I said, grew up fly fishing, grew up fishing. I've just recently picked up ice fishing and now that's been my new focus i've been doing a lot of that learning more about that as much as i can and that's kind of like starting over for me right because i've never ice fished before and now i have this new opportunity and it's just another thing to engage myself and again it seems like the more you do and you know revolving around that subject of fishing there's the more well-rounded you can be and the better understanding that you can have absolutely Mm -hmm. yeah so oh go ahead Go ahead. I was just going to add, uh, 
yeah, ice fishing, you just mentioned that, but that's another thing that I really didn't get to uh, have any experience. Something I got to try someday. <laughs> yeah. It just doesn't get cold enough, you know, down here in Washington, like it does in Alaska. I know. Yeah. So you get, can, a, you get like a free uh, in Washington for only, it seems like just a handful of days or a, a couple weeks sometimes if we get lucky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So another reason why I got to make a trip to Alaska someday. <laughs> so <laughs> Kyle, I'm coming. <laughs> Sounds good. I'll be waiting. <laughs> so after catching this, this, uh, your first trout, like, did you kind of stop there? Did you, you start pursuing other things, other species? Oh uh, yeah. I mean, in the beginning, <laughs> full disclosure, <laughs> when I first caught that fish, I was bummed because it was under the size that I could keep. <laughs> I was still yeah. in this state of mind where I need to catch something big enough so I, I, I can take home and grill. Yeah. Um, and then just pursuing that goal, in the process of doing that, I just found out a different kind of joy. So at that point, like three months into that, uh, my <laughs> endeavor to, to catch a big fish, uh, I already discovered new new type of joy that I forgot about the fact that I once wanted to take the fish home. Uh, I didn't need that anymore. It was just more enjoyable to catch fish. And because it felt so precious, I would usually let go. Um, but that doesn't mean um, I never take, uh, take any fish home. I mean, if it's something like a lake, um, if there are uh, farm-raised, you know, the hatchery, Entry trouts, and if it's in a healthy state to take some fish, then yeah, why not? But yeah. my point is, uh, I I I kind of grew in a way that I'm searching for something different now. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you know, too, it is that's a big thing I think about fly fishing, and I think it's something that you've kind of noticed or uh, experienced kind of early on in fly fishing is when I was really getting involved in fly fishing, I didn't want to keep any fish, right? I would, I was catching them all to put them back. Whereas now I realized in a lot of those instances, let's say with the hatchery fish, right? Those are designed to put and take. And I think it is important to uh, not only catch that fish, but to bring it home, even, you know, with wildly uh, re- reoccurring species i think it's important to be able to bring that home and have that satisfaction and being able to um, enjoy your catch in a different way you know by actually eating it bringing it home to friends and family co-workers or whatever and, and to be able to share that and i think that's just another way to you know share your passion with others and show them things that you enjoy um, i know personally with the moose that i shot this last year i I've, I've had an immense enjoyment um, being able to share that with other people and it makes me feel good to be able to show some of these people that may not have the same kind of experience as i do and show them what i like to do and what i enjoy doing yeah it's so interesting how everyone goes through different series of experiences and your perspective and the way of enjoying fishing changes throughout your life absolutely 
No, that's a good point because, like, t- uh, like take that guiding, right? Um, I mean, when I was younger, I always loved catching fish. And then as I got older and I, I started guiding, I found joy almost and this falls into the different aspect is you you're almost fishing for your clients in some way like yeah they're doing the the casting and everything but you're figuring out that dynamic for two fishermen and you're trying to get them on to fish so it's just a, a whole different way of thinking about things there and i'm sure uh kyle can relate and uh but yeah that's that's a cool point you bring up yeah and i want to step in and say Keaton is probably one of the most passionate guys that I know. I mean, uh, there will be so many great anglers and guys out there, but I was once a client of Keaton. We, we, uh, although we are friends, uh, I wanted to get some professional help. So we went out together and it was a very good experience, but it wasn't just because we caught a lot of fish. Of course, we caught fish, but the amount of um, energy and effort that he put in to make the trip enjoyable and make the client take something uh, out of the 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 trip and the service, I think I could I could see that he's a wholehearted guy. <laughs> and that's something about Keaton in many different aspects and many different areas in his life. But because of his personality, I really, um, I really respect that part of his um, professional professionalism. And yeah. Yeah. I really appreciate that, Jay, the, the kind words. And I just, uh, I, I've like, I, it's hard to talk about yourself, right? Especially when we get on platforms like this, I mean, Kyle knows from past episodes. I don't, I don't like to just get myself out there, um, but it, it, I take a lot of pride in in the opportunities that I've had. Uh, I mean, there was a few years prior to before I started guiding that I, I was like looking into it, and I, I kind of got told like, you know, not right now, no, not the time to do it, and just where I was out in life, I, uh, I, I just kept knowing that I had a, a, a passion for for doing something of this sort. So then when I did get that opportunity, I, I like to try to dive in at full force and, and be the best me I can for for people that are coming out with me. And I, I know that the standard's high and that if you go out with me, Kyle, anyone from either of our crews, like we work hard at, at doing uh, what we do and what we do best. So um, that means a lot. And I, I really value and I, I'm really thankful for all the friendships that I, I've grown with you and with Kyle and just all the friendships that I've grown through this this fly fishing journey. I mean, I've got clients that have become good friends that at Christmas time I'm wishing, you know, saying Merry Christmas to them. And it, it's just a really cool dynamic. It can be really cool. So <laughs> I, I really appreciate that. Something I joke about um with morgan <laughs> is that keaton's texting style is very unique when he said when he says a lovely warm text message it means merry christmas <laughs> <laughs> that's it <laughs> there's no i hope you enjoy your time with your family no it's very 
<laughs> direct to the point. Uh, I'm not a huge I'm not a huge like texter. I, I like to, you know, call more because I can talk to people. But I'm I'm just like, I don't know, I'm just not huge on the whole like you know, I of course I love my cell phone and stuff, but I don't like to text a whole lot. So when I when I do, you know. I can verify. I feel like sometimes when Keaton's like when we're when we're looking and, and asking guests to come on the podcasts. I'm always thinking like, hey, this is so-and-so from so-and-so. This is my background. This is what we do. We found your stuff. We really like what you do. We want to have you on the podcast. Keaton's like, would you like to be a guest on our podcast? He'll just get like, <laughs> right to the point. I'm like, my name's Keaton. I want you on my podcast. Here we go. And then they <laughs> most of the time they're like, hey, what's going on? Sometimes they're not. But yeah, it's uh, it's fun. So, well, cool. So, so what is your, you know, what is the future of your fishing journey look like? Like, like what, what, what are your goals maybe for this year and some, maybe some trips you're looking forward to or, or some fishing, maybe checking off new species this year? Yeah. Um, some, a friend of mine from online, I, I actually never got to meet him in person. His name is Mark. I'm not sure if I'm, pronouncing his name well oh, correct me if i'm wrong mark <laughs> but mark stewardell is that, is that mark, right? it's mark stoidel i learned this the hard way we okay, had i'm so sorry mark but if you're gosh listening we love it, you mark yeah we love you but he invited me over to um a unique place in central washington it's somewhere i've never been it's a little lake and um it's known to hold some relatively big fish so I'm really excited to go there. It's going to be next month. Um, he's a big film filmmaker, fly fishing filmmaker. And I try to, you know, I admire him. And he's one of the, one of those people who inspired me. So I have my own gear. So we're probably going to geek out just doing a bunch of filming. And um, yeah, we'll see <laughs> if we can get some cool, shots catching some big fish yeah yeah that's awesome yeah that should be a fun trip but i look yeah. forward to fishing with you this year too jay i just want yeah you to, i i know you got some life events coming up but um so you know we got to get out and we got to do some fishing so absolutely yeah you got to stop pretending that you're too busy <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so well, cool. Is there anything else that you wanted to add about uh, Brian or about your fishing experience? Um, well, with Brian, just because this um, initially focused on Brian's story, uh, my film that I made about Brian was titled Until We Fish Together. And I'm still uh, preparing my sequel, uh, Now We Fish Together. So I'm going to make that happen soon. Um uh, still working on casting Brian on the show, <laughs> yeah. uh, but I hope that'll happen soon. Yeah. Yeah. And then with my fishing journey, I mean, I'll, I'll probably be fishing for the rest of my life. It's a never ending journey. You keep learning, you keep improving. And uh, the greatest thing is along the way, we, we encounter these amazing people. And I met, Keaton and tonight I'm so glad that I got to really speak to Kyle uh, I love you guys show and I've been listening to you guys show all the time but just 
getting to really speak to you in person. This is, uh, uh, I really enjoyed it. I, I, I had such a great time. And thank you so much again for having me. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, it was great meeting you. And we're, we're glad we were able to get you on and learn more about you and share your story. That's, that's why we started the podcast. So we could meet new people and, you know, share the conversations that we have. I mean, we think it's really important for people to know all the guests that we have on here and to know their backgrounds, know their stories and know, know what got them into the outdoors and, and why they keep doing it. Yeah, I'm rooting for you guys too. Uh, I hope you guys can continue to create such great contents. Yeah, we appreciate that. Um, before we get you to go, we have a few more questions. There, we got a rapid fire round, which is just <laughs> short and sweet. We'll ask you a question. You tell us what pops into your head, and then one more question after that. We'll do an outro. All right. All right. All right. All right, I'll start you off with our rapid fire round. So these are just questions that you can choose to elaborate as much as you want or as little as you want, um, just to kind of get get to know you a little bit. So first question is, what is your favorite fish to catch? Oh, definitely bull trout. There's something magical about them. Their lifestyle, from from their lifestyle to their physical look, and the fact that they live in these clear, clean water. I caught one last uh, fall, uh, late fall, and uh, it was just a magical moment. I just felt like I got in to a very close contact with this mystical fish, and I just it just still lives vividly in my heart and bull trout is my favorite fish but of course there are some other cool fish that i like to catch um i've never caught brown trout something i would like to catch and then i want to go for some something exotic too like um wait let me get this one okay what's your dream destination dream destination you know what i used to dream to go to alaska and i almost planned my trip there and i even bought like personal protection gears and all that but then you know things just changed um so i never really got to fulfill that goal but someday um i just love the scenery Alaska is just, it makes my heart beat. Yeah. There's something magical about Alaska, just the name of it, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I, I would definitely like to make a trip to Alaska someday. Cool. And then circle back. I thought you were going to go with the exotic fish. What, what's the exotic fish that you'd like to catch? Oh, like, oh, like, is it tarpon? Tarp, a tarpon? Tarpon. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, like that kind of things. I saw my friend Joel catch some uh tuna oh that's really cool yeah and then um alligator gar i'm not sure if you can catch those with flies but yeah yeah i would definitely like to try that'd be cool yeah (laughs) that's awesome um yeah if you ever make it up to alaska jay for sure reach out i'd love to show you around and (laughs) Come up in the winter time, we'll get you on the ice too. Uh, it's about all you can do up here right now, but we'll get you on the ice. That sounds great. Thank you. 
what's your favorite meal and uh, beverage when you're out on the water? <laughs> um, for meal, I <laughs> I used to just buy like those pork ribs from Costco, mm-hmm. and I would just grill it, just slice it into small pieces, and have rice so that it's it provides enough you know protein and calories. Uh, beverage is just water, <laughs> but in reality, I usually forget to eat. So I spend the whole day without eating. And then later when it's like 5 p.m. and it's starting to get dark, I'm like, oh, I'm so hungry. I'm just going to eat all of this. <laughs> it's usually how it goes. It's like at that time me and you went out fishing and we we're out there all day. And then it was like nine. It's like summertime. So we get off the water at like 930 <laughs> and we're like, what restaurants are open right now? Yeah, we're so hungry. So. yeah exactly. What what uh, music do you like to listen to when you're uh, in the water? Uh, you're on the water out in the woods. Oh, I I never listen to music when I'm fishing because I want to just just be in the moment. I just want to focus on just the natural sound, uh, and yeah. it's not something intentional. It's not like oh, I want to listen to this. I just felt no need to listen to music if I if that makes sense. Yeah. So yeah, no music for me. What about? What about prior? Do you listen? What do you listen to when you're headed to the water? Hmm. I don't really listen to anything, but I might um, watch some fishing. I shouldn't be watching videos, but I'll be. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just be frank. I'll just let it play on the yeah, side and yep. listen to it. So That's yeah. Awesome. All right. You're headed out the door to go fishing. What's the one thing that you're going to grab that you can't forget? Or if you forget it, it's just going to ruin your entire day. Oh, fly rods, uh, except for fly, fly rods and fly, fly fishing gears. Um, probably camera these days because I'm always thinking, what if this one day that I forget to bring my camera, I catch this fish that I will never forget on I mean, it wish i had it on camera <laughs> yeah so probably camera yeah what's uh something you wish you knew when you first started fly fishing oh sorry the first thing i knew when i started fly no, fishing. what's the best advice you could get or hold on sorry there's a couple questions here something you wish you knew when you first started fly fishing hmm just off the top of my head, I didn't know, or I, I guess I didn't believe the importance of the weight of the line. But it turns out that if you're a dry fly, dry, if you're using dry flies, then of course you don't want to create splash on the water. So these days I usually use at least four weight, just something very light that will just softly land on the water surface. And then, of course, the tippet size, too, because uh, the thinner the tippet is, the more natural the dry fly would float. And by the way, I'm a big dry fly fisher. I'm a big fan of dry flies. It's just so more aesthetically pleasing when you see the (sighs) fish coming up. Yep. So I think it's, it's that. And then... There was one time uh, when I had no concept about uh, the streamer fishing. Well, Keaton told me 
I would throw it upstream, let it swing, and then strip it back in. And uh, for anybody who fly fish for a decent amount of time, it's like common sense. You'd be like, oh, you didn't know that. But when you're a beginner and you're just starting, it's so basic that nobody really teaches you that kind of stuff. And yeah, I just did what Keaton taught me and yeah, caught some fish that way. It was a proven method. <laughs> yeah, awesome. um, <clears throat> what's the best advice that you can give your younger self? Hmm. You know what? I would say this shit works. So <laughs> have faith in it. Keep fishing and it'll you will recover, you will be healed, and no pain will last forever. That's great. Uh in one word, describe yourself. Describe myself. Um I don't know. How, how do you describe yourself? I'm just me. <laughs> just yeah. me. I live in the moment. Live in the I, moment. Do, I do my best for everything I do at the moment. I like it. That's a, that's a question we added in recently and uh, we're excited. You know, we're the, you're the first person we asked this question and we, um, <laughs> we're, we're, we're super stoked to hear these answers and we really like that. That's awesome. So we, uh, those are all of our rapid fire questions and we like to end the podcast and the rapid fire questions with an awesome fishing or outdoor moment that you can share something that stands out in your mind as like the best fishing moment you've ever had. Best fishing moment. I went to this Alpine Lake that took, uh, roughly two days to hike into and it was so I packed everything, went to work, didn't even have time to go back to go back home. And I just headed straight to this wilderness and had my gears, tent, um, everything, and then just kept walking. It, it was, uh, it was in uh, sort of in the, um, it was the time when sun started setting. So people were wondering, hey, where are you going? Why are you coming up? Did you lose something? Did you <laughs> leave something on the mountain? But um, I just told them, no, I'm just going to keep hiking in this direction and see what happens. And I arrived at this lake that uh, that is rarely ever visited by people. And I just had the whole lake to myself. And I mean, depending on how you see it, it can be dangerous too, because if something happens to me, nobody will find me. But at that moment, it was so peaceful. I just saw the birds just landing on the water. And there was nobody around me. And the water was so tranquil and peaceful. And uh, if you could describe heaven, that's kind of the thing that comes to my mind. And the perfect sunlight. Washington in summer is so beautiful. And these turquoise blue water just... Um, sparkling in that summer sunlight those are the moments that really live inside me and i keep replaying that moment in my mind and it's so therapeutic so therapeutic yeah that's awesome 
All right, uh, I'll do an outro here. All right, well, I uh, I just really appreciate you being willing to open up and uh, and share this, and you know, we wanted to make sure that we gave you a platform to share uh, uh, your challenges that per se and you know that you're facing right now and uh we really are rooting for you and we really hope that you get to see brian soon and uh we're uh we're thinking of you and praying for you every day there jay so we just want want you to know that yeah, um thank you so much yeah we're so grateful for you taking the time and hopping on this podcast tonight and just and just being willing to to open up like that so yeah i had a ama- an amazing time with you guys too and thank you for having me it was yeah. great cool well uh that being said this was another episode of the young guides podcast we just wanted to thank everyone for taking the time out of their day and and listening to this um we're so grateful for uh what jay shared and um and and his experiences with uh his son and then also with uh fly fishing and how that's essentially kind of uh, healed the pathway um, when we intertwine both of these these things so really grateful about that um, make sure to check out our upcoming events um, we have a february fly tying event with uh, david from orvis on february 10th and then later in the month we're going to have a jig fishing um, it's going to be a j- jig fishing clinic with holy moly outdoors uh, he's an awesome dude. He's going to go over tying jigs and then, uh, the methods and, and how to use, uh, that jig in the most successful way. So, uh, that will be the seminar for February and then make sure to sign up on our, uh, Eventbrite. Uh, you can find that Eventbrite. Uh, it's David and Keaton's fly tying event. If you just go on to, I'll update it, uh, today. Uh, just go on to our Instagram, click the uh, link tree, and then you'll see where you can sign up for that. So we hope to see some of you there. Spaces are limited for both. So uh, if you can, we're, we're really pumped to see you there. And uh, the last fly tying event was uh, so awesome. You know, not a, a ton of people. There was like six or seven, but it was perfect. I uh, got to meet some people that listen to the podcast and then you got to meet some new people. And uh, I'm just looking forward to doing it again. So make sure to check that out. If you like what you guys are hearing, you know, hop onto the platform that you guys listen to. Uh, listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Um, leave us a rating and review. It really helps us out to get out to more people. Um, you can always go to our website, uh, bring up our contact page, and if there's something you know that we think you think we should improve on, send us an email. We'd love to hear from you. If you if you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, or you know somebody that would be a great guest to be on the podcast. Um, feel free to reach out let us know Uh, we work a lot with our partner podcasts um, you know friends that we have in the industry um, you know dead drifter society mediocre alaskan average alaskan uh, alaska wild project and i know there's more uh, but we we chat with a lot of other podcasts and we recommend guests to each other we just had somebody reach out today that uh, dead drifter society sent over to us so we really appreciate that we really appreciate people reaching out I want to give another shout out to all of our partners, Heather's Choice, Lucky Bug Lures, Shell Art Studio, Alaska Rod Co., NWTF South Sound Strutters, and uh, our newest one, Slay Jays. Um, 
We really appreciate all you guys. Oh, can't forget Northern Knits. Sorry, Emily. But uh, yeah, we really appreciate you guys partnering up with us so we can keep bringing you guys good content like this and have on awesome guests like Jay. Um, with that, Keaton, I think that was was everything. Does that sound about right? Yeah, sorry about the, the coughing accident I had there, Kyle. I, I'm getting over this cold, so uh, my bad people, my bad. Well, with that... Um, I think we can go ahead and send her on out of here. We appreciate you guys listening and we will catch you on the next one. Hook, line, sinker. Let's go.